What up? It's me again, Joshua, Ojo, whatever you know me as. Um, this is Audio Diary 3, where I talk about uh, the progress that I'm making in my data science startup. Yeah, so welcome, welcome. If you're new here, my name is Joshua, as I said at the beginning. Uh, if you know me, <laughs> um, it's nice to see you. Uh, I hope you're doing well during this holiday season. Yeah, so, whoa. Okay, so I'm trying, I guess I'm sort of, I mean, this it's literally called the audio diary. So I'm literally just, I'm nearly like talking to myself. Like this is stuff I would be writing down in a diary, but I'm recording it for, um, partially for posterity purposes, partially for um, building in public. Not really to market to my customers, but maybe to um, let people know what I'm doing kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, so that's basically what the point of this thing is. It's a diary that I'm recording verbally and visually for myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so what are we doing here? Okay, so there's three. So I've decided... So maybe, I don't know if this will even be in the next episode, but for this episode, I've decided to sort of categorize it into three things. One, um, how I'm feeling. Two, what I'm thinking. And three, what I'm doing. So, how I'm feeling. Yeah, I would say, like, not good. Not good. I... Um... <laughs> Yo, I feel like the people I follow on Twitter are like very left leaning, um, nearly nearly communist. I would say that's just my friends. Um, I would say I myself am a capitalist, but I can definitely see some of the critiques of capitalism that exist. I say all that to say I do not dream of labor. <laughs> I don't dream of labor. I don't know who said that. It's probably some hectic communist person but I think it's a true a true statement it's not I do not want to be working during holidays I just don't so how am I feeling sad and overwhelmed I would much rather be chilling with friends and going out and chilling with family and watching movies and eating and cooking and baking and going to the gym and all of these things but instead I'm here at this table doing I like doing the podcast, but like, and I do like doing the work for, for, uh, my startup Edna Labs, but, um, I don't know, not all the time. Like, yeah, I, I, I also like spending time with people. So I'm a bit sad that I, that I, that I feel I have to do this. Um, but yeah, so it's, so that sucks. So, but, um, I would I will say on the other hand there is um I can see the the momentum sort of building up um each day I can see the progress I'm making even though even though this the thing that I've been working on still is not finishing I'm determining to finish it today no matter how much caffeine I have to consume no matter how much data I have to buy during load shedding even if I have to move during load shedding to where there's electricity I will do that 
the website is finishing today. That's my Christmas gift to myself. Okay. I've been working on this website for like three weeks or something. And I hoped that by now I would have reached out to a customer, but I still haven't. Um, so I'm getting a bit frustrated at myself about that. Um, it's the process and I'm trying to be like patient, but I'm also like, bro, things need to start banging. Things need to start moving. Like, let's go already, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, because to me, like, I don't know, companies, it's weird. Like, I always start businesses with people. This is the first one I've, where I've decided to, like, start it by myself. And I think, and, like, I'm starting it by myself. Like, no, no one's helping me at this stage. Well, there's people I'm talking to, but at this, this right now, at this point, it's just me. I'm deciding the direction. Um, I know where I wanted to go. I know what I wanted to become. Um, and it's very, like pure in a way and um even though i'm sort of discovering it a bit as i go um but yeah this one is just me which is part of why it's taking so long i think um i will start bringing people in as things become clearer um yeah the sorry the point i wanted to make was that because it's just me, there's no one else involved. There's no customers, no investors, no nothing. I think once I start speaking to the first lead, then it's like, okay, there is someone else involved, you know, like they are hopefully going to pay me and they're going to receive a service. And I think that's the most important thing is that you get that first round in and you start delivering on what you're promising people. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the, the key thing that I'm working towards. So that's why I'm working on the website, because I think it's going to help clarify my thinking about what I'm going to say when I get in the room or on the Zoom with these people. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically that. Um, so that's... Yeah, that's basically how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, um, and what I'm thinking to a certain extent. Um I like, I don't know, I like making these, like, a bit longer, but I also don't want to ramble. Um, so if, I don't know, if you're listening to this or watching this or whatever, and you think, hey, you don't need to say, you don't need to stretch it out to 30 minutes. We can keep it at 10, 5 minutes even. Please <laughs> leave it in the comments or DM me or whatever. Um, I'm happy to take feedback. Um, yeah, I don't know. Even though it's for me, it's also, like... Yeah, I haven't decided. It's partially for me, but like if people find it super valuable and like keep listening and interacting, then I'm happy to like, you know, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe it's not for me and maybe it actually is for other people. I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's both. It can be both, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so the, what was I saying? Yeah, so I think part of why I'm like tired and frustrated and annoyed is this website just won't finish. It just won't finish. Finish website. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to finish it and get it out there because I don't know, conditions might even change to make um, my pitch like 
I don't think it'll become like completely irrelevant like that quickly, but it might make it less effective. So we'll see. So yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, am I gonna edit that out? Probably not. Um, yeah. So so what? What is the thinking? Um, yeah, so so something I'm realizing that I need to do is I have, so I have, I will have a website and I will have things that I've thought through that I'll be able to say to customers when I get in the room with them kind of a thing. But I don't know what the whole process looks like from that very first contact to getting the customer, you know, I don't know what that looks like. And I guess it's for me to like create that, like I have to choreograph that. I have to uh, make sure that it's a process that doesn't limit our potential, but also um, I'm saying our, it's just me for now, but there will be people, other people involved. So something that doesn't limit Edna Lab's uh, potential, but also is good for the customer and like the boy Jeff Bezos said um, in the long term customer and company interests are a hundred percent aligned so yeah so basically the the process has to be I think as smooth and as um, the process of acquiring the customer has to be as smooth and as dare I say fun as possible um, while also giving them peace of mind Maybe not fun, maybe delightful, <laughs> while also giving them peace of mind and um, uh, confidence in us or in Edna Labs to be able to deliver on what, whatever it is that they need. Um, yeah, I also want to say, so I've got a lot of advice, you know, from <laughs> advice, from uh, videos that I've watched on YouTube um, on how to, you know, get customers and books that I've listened to and read and podcasts and stuff like that. And I mean, there's people have done this a million times before, you know, this isn't by no means a unique business. Um, I think there are, I think we will be able to build some moats over time. Uh, I don't think moats exist from day one, even if you uh, get, even if you're like one of these like uh, venture VC backed companies, you don't start with the moats. That's what the VC money is for. You eventually, you will, you, you sort of build, um, build the moat over time, right? So if you're like a research, so if you're some innovation that, if your company is based off of some innovation that, um, you know, maybe it was very academic or very scientific and is now being commercialized, that could be a moat, and it, it is a moat, right? But it's um, the day the research started, there was nothing there, right? It was just like, oh, let's see if this idea we have can play out, and then that eventually becomes a moat. Because this is a this is a service based business, and there's no, um, I would say at this stage, there's no really 
unique technology at the at the stage that we have uh that edna labs has um there is no moats built into the company all we all we have now we again i'm just going to keep saying we like just when i say we i'm talking about edna labs and technically edna labs is its own person right so it's me and the lab like and people join to benefit edna labs kind of a thing so I'm going to keep saying we. So, um, yeah, so there's no moat at this stage. The moat, I think, will discover and build it over time. Um, and maybe we'll decide, maybe we decide what that is. Maybe um, it becomes apparent to us like, oh, hey, we've actually built this thing that a lot of other people can't replicate. Um, sorry, that's what a moat is. A moat is a defensible sort of differentiation that allows you to have uh, sustainably high profits. Yeah, so at this stage, is no, I wouldn't say that there's a moat. I mean, there's no customers even, but I can't predict what the moat would be at this point. Um, all we have now is nimbleness, and that is, and nimbleness is just being able to make changes very quickly. Um, and quickly is subjective because, like I'm saying, it's just me. So if I build, um, sure, actually, if I um, take long to do stuff, then it takes long. But now I'm thinking, okay, what's the benefit? Whew, yeah, sorry, my mind is just going all over the place. So what's the benefit of a, um, um, a startup compared to like a big corporate? A startup what people say is that a startup can make changes quickly. As a matter of fact, I would say a startup has to make changes quickly um, because, you know, you, you're looking for product market fit. You're, um, yeah, you're looking for product market fit. So you need to keep sort of pivoting, you not changing direction completely, but you need to sort of, Actually, yeah, at the very, very beginning, you can make huge changes very widely from here to there and back and whatever, whatever. Um, but then hopefully over time, you start to make smaller and smaller changes and then you start to sort of narrow and then you find your like groove and you just keep going. Um, so, so with me, um, like, it's weird, like this... The idea nearly came like fully formed. It hasn't changed that much. It's sort of, it's gone, yeah, it hasn't really changed that much. Like I had a target market when I did some like analysis on the market. It's sort of, <laughs> I became my own consultant, my own McKinsey consultant because it just confirmed what I already wanted to do <laughs> in a way, um, which no, no shade to McKinsey, but apparently that's what you guys get hired to do, is just to do, just to confirm whatever C-suite um, person that hired you's idea was. Yo, that was a very badly formed sentence, but yeah, I'm sticking with it. Um, yeah, so I did some analysis. It confirmed, like, the hypothesis um, in terms of the target market that I wanted to go for. Why did I throw shade at McKinsey? Guys, please don't come for me. I don't hate McKinsey. McKinsey, if you want to hire me, I'm, I would love to work there. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so it, it actually, it hasn't changed that much. And then I think, you know, just there's a there's an aspect of like being very academically rigorous in terms of research. And then there's another way of just like using your eyes and just looking around you and being like, oh, this is like glaringly obvious. Um, and I think the more obvious something is, the better it... Um, probably the bigger the, the the opportunity is but then also probably the more people are like uh pursuing that which is why i decided to use date take the aspect of data so i i might have mentioned this earlier i'm really jumping around a lot but i'm sort of just thinking through stuff right so um sorry if you're if like i'm losing you um but so I'm still talking about differentiation, right, and creating a moat. I think the service offering is somewhat differentiated, but there isn't a moat, right? It would be, I think, it would be relatively straightforward for um, someone to copy what I'm doing, to be honest. Um, the hope is that, like, I can build... Firstly, obviously do good work, right, um, with Edna Labs and with the people we bring on. Um, hopefully we can do good work. Then, and that'll contribute to building great relationships with our customers so that even if they are thinking of, like, getting someone else to do the work, they talk to us first and we're able to, like, renegotiate or whatever, or come to a good agreement that allows them to stay with us and not choose someone else. Um, um, does that qualify as a moat? I mean, if there's a high switching cost, it contributes to a moat. It's another form of a moat. A brand is another form of a moat. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking through the differentiation. So, okay, so then another thing is data work is pretty technical, um, you can learn it from YouTube, but there's certain things that only experience can give you. And luckily, luckily for me, I've had that experience at a big company. So um, that is somewhat differentiated, right? So people can go on YouTube and they can learn how to market skills. They can learn some of the skills. But the fact of the matter is... Um, unless you're able to apply those skills in a big company, there's just not, there's really no replacement for that specific experience. Um, so that is actually another form of differentiation. Um, and is kind of a moat. Um, of course, there are people who have way more experience than me in large corporations. And um, I'm sure if they show up to the same sort of bake-off, they have that big advantage. And I'm, I guess I'm still thinking through what my um, sort of response to that would be. Like, oh, hey, this person's been doing this for 20 years. You've been doing it for three years. What's the... <laughs> what's the... Um, why should we go with you and not them, you know? And 
I'm telling you, I something I'm never going to do is compete on price because that's just a race to the bottom. I don't think that allows you to scale outside of um, outside of South Africa. Like you can't go. I mean, you can to a certain extent. You can go to the US and say, hey, guys, we'll do it for half or whatever. And it still would be significant to me. Right. Living in South Africa. But I don't think that's re. And it's not just about the money. That's not the direction I want to go. Um, I think it's, um, it's not just about the money, but it is about the money. The having large margins allows you to do so much. Like I've tried to start businesses with razor thin, razor thin margins. And, and this might be part of why some of those businesses didn't work is things just start to like deteriorate over time, you know? Um, I'm not really an operations guy right now. Maybe I will become one. Um, I try and think of operations a lot, but I'm not really an operations person at this stage. Um, yeah, so things things started to like, like deteriorate because of thin margins. If you have larger margins, you can invest in the company, you can and that can mean, yeah, basically, if you have large margins, you can invest in the company, you can hire people, you can get better technology, you can plan for the longer term. Um, you know, so I'm, I, I will not never, and maybe just at the beginning, maybe our prices will be a bit lower, but um, yeah, I mean, I really, and that's the whole point behind coming coming up with something that's very differentiated, right? That's what allows you to to have a higher charge a higher um a higher price for your product because it's very specific. It's like, look, we are doing this like we understand you guys as customers and um our service offering is just for you, right? Um and as a matter of fact, as I'm speaking through this now, I'm actually remembering that that's what I'm supposed to be doing and not just coming up with like the nth version of data visualizations. Sure, I'm decent at data visualization, but like there are a lot of people who are better and they're that's and that's just the truth. There are a lot of people who are better. There are people who are 20 year veterans in the game. Um and and to tell the truth, even if I was the best data visualization person, um there's a price there's a going price for data visualization right so that's all you can get if that makes sense so um yeah so that's you i don't know if i'm explaining this clearly clearly so all these ideas are coming from a book that i read um called 100 million dollar offers um offers not office sorry i know sometimes i like mumble um yeah, hundred million dollar offers by this guy called Alex Hormozzi, where he basically um, it's all about you know coming up with like a good positioning for your product or service, and then being able to um, sell and market that product or service in a uh, in a way that allows you to, to scale, I think. Yeah, basically it's to scale. Um, and there's like a lot of ideas in there uh, that are really helpful.
Yeah. So, yeah, so that's basically where all of those ideas are coming from. Um, the idea of um, coming up with something that, sure, you can say it fits into a certain uh, market, like this is a data science company fundamentally, right? But that's just, I think that's just, uh, that unfortunately that takes away a lot of the important nuance of what actually we're doing. Um, um, and I think once the website is out, um, then I can, yo, okay, sorry, yeah, once the website is out, then I can, dis then I'll definitely discuss everything in much more detail. Um, but yeah, we do have a differentiated, we, I do have a differentiated product. I do have a very specific market that I'm going after. Um, And I do think that will allow me to um, charge maybe not not like an insane number, but like somewhat higher than than um, um, you know just to come out and be like, hey, we're, we're offering data, or I'm offering a data visualization thing. If you want a dashboard, I can do that for you. You know, so yeah. So that's um, that's basically it. So if I'm I'm really not saying a lot in in this, and I I, I maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> making these podcasts, um, but I mean it's all going to be public soon, and I don't I don't think um, I think if I position things properly, um, it'll it will help you even without hindering me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it also might be, I'm very stressed out right now. So I might just be like overthinking things and being more like cagey than I should be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how that cookie crumbles. So yeah, that's, it feels like the last, yeah, hundred million, I keep coming back to hundred million dollar offers, but that's where a lot of my thinking is coming from. It's the, it's the, the offer and the positioning and the, um, the the like marketing messages and then when eventually I get on calls with 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 potential customers um what I'm going to say to them like it's literally right now it really just is an exercise in marketing and sales um and product development um which I think the product development I can go I can do more of that and I will but it also has to be very tailored to each customer so um once I get the first customer, then I'll or the first lead, and then we get into discussions. Then I'll be able to develop the product or service slightly more. So, yeah, okay, cool. You, I'm gonna. This one might go a bit over. Um, I like. Okay, let's talk about the podcast. I like long pod. Like I like listening to long podcasts. Um, I feel like that just gives you more time to like. Yeah, it just gives you more time. Gives the 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 creator more time to to actually go into like interesting stuff. Um, I don't want to sit there. So you have to genuinely be interested and um, invested in the in the topic, and I know for a fact that like there's not that many people who are interested in a data science company that doesn't even really exist yet. Um, 
it's just, like that's just how it is. The only people who might be interested are people who care about data science in general and people who um, maybe want to start their own company or their own data science company. Um, and then my friends and family, people who care about me personally might be interested in this. But other than that, like, <laughs> not, I don't think people really would have patience for 30 minute episodes. Just thinking out loud here. Um, or sorry, longer than 30 minutes. Some people I think might, might do that, but I don't know. Maybe I should make shorter, shorter episodes. I'll, yeah, I'll see about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know, should I talk about data, like, what's happening in the world of data science? I mean, all that's there is, the, the big, st- the, all that's there, the big stuff is, um, consumer AI, so, um, or like, yeah, consumer AI, so chat GPT, which is based on, I think, I think, I haven't properly investigated the background of this, but it's developed, so chat GPT, is a I don't know what you I don't know what the technical like definition of it is but it's a um basically you can type you can nearly have like chats with it right you you ask it a question or say something to it and it will reply to you like a human being would um um was developed by OpenAI, which was started by or co-founded by Sam Altman, the guy from a previous president of uh, Y Combinator. Um, the yeah, it's I don't know. ChatGPT seems seems cool to me. People say it's gonna replace Google. I don't know that it is. That doesn't seem. Yeah. It just seems like it's good at like saying stuff that sounds reasonable, but like people have done things like, um, for example, someone asked ChatGPT, is 47 bigger than 64, right? And ChatGPT was like, sort of defined how you know if one number is bigger than another number, right? And then was like, yes, 47 is bigger than 64. So, you know, things like that. So it's a bit like, okay, is this thing really going to change the world? Yes. Yeah, come in. Hey. Yeah, I'm recording a podcast. Chat just now. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, is this thing going to change the world? Yes. Sorry, yes, it will. Um... Is it going to replace Google? Will people do all their searches in ChatGPT? I don't see it. I don't see it. I really don't. Um, High school students are apparently using it to... um, (laughs) to (laughs) Are using it... So high school students are using it to... um, Like copy what or using it to plagiarize assignments basically they're going on chat gpt putting in the 
the question for the assignments and then just downloading. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, that just kills me. And then using it to, and then like copying the text, the output from Chat GPT, and then using that as their, their like assign their assignment submission. Bro, what? <laughs> it's, yeah, that's that to me. That's just crazy. Um, and there's like teachers on like Reddit and stuff are like complaining, saying, "I'm pretty sure this kid cheated for this assignment, but like, I don't know how because." When I put it through plagiarism software and nothing's coming up, when blah, 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 when I do this check, do that check, nothing's coming up. So it's a bit like, yo, how, how are teachers going to deal with this? We'll see. We'll see what they do. So it, is, so it is affecting real life in many ways and it will change things. But I don't think the thing that it's going to do is re replace Google per se. Um... But hey, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not in Silicon Valley. I'm just an average Joe. <laughs> just an average Joe. I'm. I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm not in there, so I don't know how they think about how things work and stuff. I'm just a South African kid trying to figure out business and tech and stuff. Um. Yeah. There's Chat GPT, and then there's all these like. You know, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know what it's called, um, but it's like this software that like uses a photo of you and like changes it into like all these like really artsy, you know, thingies. Um, apparently, they're using people's photos to train the AI models for facial recognition technology so they can track us, which I I haven't investigated this. Um, but I, I, I don't know, my sense is that does seem viable. That does seem realistic that they would use, um, yeah, that they are training some AI model to, to, uh, do facial rec recognition for intelligence purposes and spying and security and stuff like that. So, is that's perfectly plausible um yeah um okay cool what other cool stuff have i seen so this thing the the phone and the tripod is on top of a book that i bought at the airport when i was flying back to Joburg. it's called it takes a tsunami by uh, i don't know how you pronounce this man's name i think it's raul it's spelled r-a-e-l um I didn't know I was going to talk about this book beforehand, so I haven't checked the proper pronunciation. I it maybe Raul Ryle Levitt, um, Ryle Levitt Ryle Levitt. So I started the book. It's pretty hectic so far. Um, this guy's bold, is what I can tell. He's very like, you know, he goes for it. I mean, he approached the CEO of Absa when he was twenty one so that he could help them auction off some of their, the buildings that they had uh, on their like portfolio um, that they didn't want anymore. And he was like, yeah, I got you. Imagine, he didn't work there, by the way. He started his own company and went to them and was like, hey, I'm gonna auction off, I can auction off your properties. Now he's, you can imagine, he's huge in the, in the, 
um, South African business scene. He's like an investor in Lyft, the airline. Um, so it's a good book. I'm so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, the lesson I've got so far is maybe I should be bolder and ask for things, uh, more stuff that I want. Um, yeah. So that, that book I'm enjoying, I haven't had a lot of time to read it because I'm trying to finish this website. <laughs> um, oh, and a book that I'm really enjoying, um, is, um, I think it's called No Such Thing as Normal, um, by, um, I forget the author's name, but it's basically about how our, how our, like, trauma affects our physical health, um, like how emotional trauma affects our physical health. So, and it, and it's not trauma in the like, you know, someone who was in a war or a natural disaster or lost a parent early in life. It's like, you know, somewhat everyday kind of things. Um, someone goes through a breakup, you know, gets laid off, gets shouted at at work or something. Like, you know, how these things actually, actually impact us or can impact us and then affect our physical health, right? Um, for instance, the... Um, I don't want to butcher this. I don't know the technical things, but but this is based... I'm sort of paraphrasing here. Um, because of racism and sexism, the, inst- the incidence of, like, um, asthma amongst black women is, like, insanely high compared to the rest of the popula- population, um, accounting for, you know, pollution, air pollution, and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, damn, that's a hectic thing. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. There's there's some crazy stuff they talk about there. They also say, like, um, people who are more senior in companies, right... I was shocked to find this out. People who are more senior in companies, who earn more, have more prestige and whatever, whatever, have generally have better health outcomes than people who are more junior in businesses, in like a corporate structure. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, like you not only do you have access to better healthcare by virtue of just having more money, you literally also suffer less bad health stuff just because you're in a more prestigious role. Like, I I never would have thought that, ever. But hey, there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, those are, those are the, those are the things that I'm reading now. Oh, and then there's a podcast that I listen to. Okay, this is, this if you take anything away from this, this, this podcast, it's, if you want to start and grow a business, even if you're not planning on selling the business, listen to Built to Sell Radio. Built to Sell Radio. Just, I love that podcast because it's just like, otherwise ordinary people, they in most senses, they're pretty normal people. 
But the way that they the way that they're like extraordinary and what makes this podcast so good is that all of these people have built and sold businesses or acquired businesses, right? And other than that one thing, they're average people. They're not like high IQ. Like like some of them are very smart, you can tell. Some of them are just bold and go out there um and just you know very action oriented and but you can tell like some of them like all all different from different countries different walks of life different um some people even like have flopped (laughs) some people go on the podcast having flopped selling their businesses and what they did isn't really sell a business it's some other kind of a transaction that looked and smelt like selling a business but was actually an employment contract. I would say, look, if you want to learn about what really happens, like, not at the, like, Silicon Valley, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg level, but more at the, like, normal, normal level. And when I say normal, this could be anything between, like, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a company was sold for all the way up to, like, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Like, that, like, stuff you don't read in the news, just ordinary transactions, but people are, like, becoming very wealthy off of these. Go listen to that podcast. It will change, I think it will change your perspective on, like, what's possible. These are, I'm telling you, these are normal people. Like, other, otherwise normal people. Other than the fact that they've achieved this thing that they've achieved. They're just, they're not there in the Met Gala and chilling and buying Hollywood studios and chilling with Lady Gaga or um, Bradley Cooper or whoever, like average, average people you've never heard of. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that's part of what is making this so like motivational for me. It's like, it like gives me a lot of inspiration because it's not like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, some of some of the stuff you see in like the big magazines like Time and whatever and the people who get on the cover of those things it does seem I don't want to say unattainable I'm sure it's I mean obviously it's possible because they've done it but it's like what are the lessons you can take there's nothing there's not that much you can learn like what what can you learn from what can you learn from Mark Zuckerberg oh <laughs> go to an elite university and um be a hacker but before you get there have been a hacker since you were very small make sure you get tutored by like some prodigy in computer science and like you can't replicate that you you can't you can't replicate that exactly you there's maybe there's some small things that are replicable but you can't take that many lessons i would say try and learn from people who are similar positions to you um people who maybe have similar skills like i learn a lot from i wouldn't consider myself a programmer per se but i do do some coding um and i learn a lot from a lot of these developers and data science people online um a lot of the programming stuff i'm applying to like the data world you know um and yeah, I mean, so my whole approach now is, look, I copied, I'm basically copying, uh, and I'll link the podcast below, but I'm basically copying this guy's plan that he did, um, 
in terms of in terms of um starting a company that eventually allowed him to retire with like a lot of money in the bank he basically what he did is he ended up being a freelancer and he started a few businesses that didn't work and then the one that finally worked um and i'm not saying this is the reason why it worked but when he started it he had like $200,000 in savings to put into the business right and i was like how does someone have 200k in savings like what like that's not to me that's not like a normal a normal thing um and he was like yeah he was a consultant and because of that he that's what allowed him to like have that much money in in savings and so I was like oh, okay and then that was that was when it clicked because I'd been hearing like oh people who are, who do like freelancing and consulting make a lot of money I was like okay cool but you're still selling your time and I don't want to do that <laughs> but like and funny enough what he said in the thing was like he doesn't want to sell his time he wants equity but he knew that selling his time was a stepping stone to to getting to the place where he wanted to get to so um so that's something that I'm trying to apply. Hopefully I can I'm trying to basically increase the price of my time in a way. Um Yeah, so so that's what I'm doing. Um Hopefully it pays off. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Um but yeah, so that's sort of what inspired me to do this. So so that guy um, so that specific episode of the podcast, the podcast is called Built to Sell Radio. Um, the guy who hosts it wrote two books. One I think is called Built to Sell and the other one is called like The Art of Selling Your Business. I actually listened to The Art of Selling Your Business. Um, I had this idea of selling one of my businesses that I'd started. Um, it wasn't doing so well and I've heard of people selling relatively eh, businesses. Um, so I was like, maybe I can do it, but i it's not even worth the time. Um, but yeah, that's a great book, Art of Selling Your Business. And then Build to Sell is about building a business in a way that you can sell it. Um, which, crazy enough, just because you're building a business in a way that you can sell it doesn't mean that you intend to sell it. And But yeah, that's a whole other conversation that's definitely premature for this company. Um, and even in my career, it's like, a very premature um, thing to be talking about or thinking about. But yeah, Built to Sell Radio, the guy who was, the episode that with this guy who I keep alluding to, his name is David Darmanin. I think that's how you say it, Darmanin. But you'll see the, the link in the thing. So yeah, and then... The book is not called No Such Thing as Normal. It's called The Myth of Normal. It's called The Myth of Normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's basically that's basically it. I thought I was going to end this at 30 minutes. We are at 47 minutes. So let me cut it here. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please don't forget to subscribe, like the video um, or the audio if you're listening. Share it with a friend, someone who is starting a company or is thinking about starting a company or is um thinking about data science or whatever 
it'll help. I think it. I, I think it will be valuable to them just to know that like, hey, there's this other crazy guy who thinks, um, who thinks he can do this too. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all in this together, like they said in High School Musical. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>